Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, welcome back to another edition of Informed Dissent, available on all podcast outlets, including Apple Podcasts. Great to be with you again. Hello. Today, we've got a phenomenal guest that we're excited to introduce to you. Uh, you may not know his name, but you certainly know his company, and his company is Babylon B. Uh, that is uh, supposed to be parody, although I'm not sure these days that you can really tell the difference between reality and parody. And that, of course, is the uh, the founder of Babylon B, and that's Kyle Mann, who recently had his company banned from that Twitter platform. And Kyle, great to be with you. Thanks so much for coming on Informed Descent. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Update our audience. Where are you with uh, Kyle versus Twitter? <laughs> well, uh, there's a couple different things there. There's Kyle versus Twitter, and there's Babylon B versus Twitter, because uh, I got personally banned from Twitter shortly after the Babylon B got banned from Twitter. But, uh, but I managed to sneak back on somehow. Um, so they let me back on, but they have not yet let the Babylon Bee back on. So um, yeah, basically we, we posted a joke saying Rachel Levine is our man of the year. Uh, and that was after Rachel Levine was named uh, one of the women of the year. And I think that was by USA Today. Um, so we kind of ran a parody of that. And you know we're kind of of two minds about this. You know, there's a little nuance there. It's upsetting that we're banned for, um, you know, kind of stating this biological truth that a man is a man. At the same time, you know, it's satire. It's a joke. It's it's not really meant to be this big, bold statement. It was just kind of funny that, you know, people could obviously look at the USA Today Woman of the Year thing and just say, this is so absurd on its face. And for us to just kind of dryly point that out with satire, uh, you know, that got us kicked off of Twitter. So it, it should be concerning to anyone when you're when you're getting kicked off of social media platforms that are supposedly pro-free speech, you know, for telling a joke. Um, the reason I personally got banned is that then I went on Twitter and said, um, you know, maybe Twitter would be okay with the Babylon Bee if we just threw some Uyghurs in a concentration camp, uh, you know, because obviously China's spokespeople are still on Twitter, the Taliban is still on Twitter, you know, Russia is still on Twitter, and they're actually killing people, you know, but for us to tell an insensitive joke that crosses the line for them. So that's the position we're in. Now, the problem here, of course, is that Twitter wants us to delete the tweet thereby acknowledging, according to their terms of service, that we committed hateful conduct. And if you read their description of hateful conduct, it's things like, you know, you've incited violence against people and harassed them and all this stuff that we did not do. So we're refusing to delete the tweet and we're kind of in this standoff mode where we have submitted a couple of appeals to Twitter and those appeals have been denied. So we're try we're gonna kind of escalate and go up the ladder and see if we can talk to someone at Twitter. Um, and then go from there. So hopefully we'll get our access back to our Twitter account at some point here, but we're, we're willing to hold out and stand on principle and not actually delete this thing. I think that's clearly the right thing to do. And, and to be honest with you, Kyle, I'm feeling really inadequate because a lot of good people have been banned for, for, from Twitter and I haven't been able to get myself banned yet. I even retweeted that tweet of yours and still nothing. So I'm, I'm really feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm un underwhelmed here and and inadequate in my in my Twitter responses. You know, physicians have also had a lot of difficulty during this pandemic with their message being censored. 
uh, with uh, being banned from various social media platforms when we speak against the mainstream media and the typical authority. And comedy as well. So it's really unfortunate that we no longer allowed to participate in comedy. And uh, if the Oscars are any example, I think comedy, unfortunately, is dying in this country right now. Yeah, that's really concerning. You know, obviously you saw at the Oscars, um, you know, someone getting slapped for telling a joke that someone in the audience didn't like. I don't know if that's any broader commentary beyond just that, you know, Will Smith was really angry. But there is definitely this um, feeling in the air that um, that comedy has become unacceptable in, in the public square. And uh, at least, you know, at least comedy that's pointed in the wrong direction. Um, you know, you never see... You never see threats of the onion getting pulled. You never see threats of the late night show people getting pulled, no matter how um, no matter how crass or over the line their jokes are. So it certainly seems to be targeted in one direction right now. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, we so appreciate what you do uh, to give. You know, it's it's almost like tension relief to see you post something that we're all thinking, and you do so. I think I think you do so in a in a fairly classy way. You're not mean-spirited. You're not personally attacking people. There's a recent uh, post of yours that was one of my favorite, and that is the 12 signs to look for to see if you're a woman. And it's, it's, I get it, it's satire and parody, but there's a lot of truth to it. Like, are you always cold? I mean, that resonates with my wife. Has a human ever popped out of you? I mean, it's just so obvious, some of these things that you post that we're all thinking uh, but can't quite put our thoughts together in, in the form of a, you know, uh, uh, a, a satire or post. And it's, it's wonderful what you do. And it's just a damn shame that groups like Twitter and others um, don't have a sense of humor and are so offended or they pretend to be by something that resonates with so many people that this should be the, the mechanism by which the left and right can get along. We can make fun of each other. We can use comedy. We shouldn't be taking ourselves so personally that they have to ban the Babylon Bee on Twitter. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there is a uniting element uh, to comedy because um, you know I can I can read an Onion joke that I disagree with, or I can watch a comic or a satire you know that I disagree with, and I can laugh at it even if I'm if it, even if I don't agree with the point being made. I can say like you know what. That was a pretty clever way to make that point that I hate. You know, <laughs> I, I think you can. Uh, I think there really is a uniting element to it, and so for us to lose that um, as a culture is concerning. You know, we're, we're losing something that's of some real value in in uniting people, and that's and that's scary and that's sad. A world without comedy is a sad world, and psychologically, I think it affects us all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you can't laugh about things, you know, it's kind of. I don't know how historically true this is, but it feels like. You know, when people want to um, cause a cultural revolution, it's like you come for the comics first. You know, you come for you try to control the means of communication that everybody's using out in the masses, you know, whether that's newspapers or comedians or TV shows or whatever. And it feels like that's what's happening here. Um, you have to silence the people who are stating the obvious truth that maybe other people are too scared to say or just don't have that kind of platform or reach. Um, and that's why that is kind of, you know, that is one reason that people gravitated towards the Babylon Bees that we were willing to kind of say with a real sense of humor things that everybody was thinking already, um, you know, but we were able to kind of put it in this little pithy headline or whatever. For and, sure. Uh, and, yeah. And Mark, in your in your practice and your psychiatry practice, have you seen that 
that people are no longer able to laugh, no longer to find uh, you know, comedy in their lives that are, that are affecting their mental health? Well, I was going to bring something up about that since I just finished the 10th step of my 12-step guide to freedom from fear, which is my upcoming book, which is a subsequent book after the first one I published in November called United States of Fear. And that step that I just wrote yesterday, that chapter is titled Find Perspective, Locate a Sense of Humor. And I wrote it because I think that humor is often the shortest route, the most efficient route to not only gaining perspective, but also piercing through fear. And the patients that I have in my practice who are the most fearful are also the most humorless. They can't laugh at anything. They don't find anything funny. They're paralyzed. And the reason why fear is so paralyzing, for one reason, is that it precludes perspective. Your focus is on survival. And what humor offers is a, a temporary slap in the face that forces you to adopt a different perspective. You may take it or leave it, but it's there. That's why people go to comedy clubs and they're surprised by what they hear. If it's not surprising, it's not funny. And that always allows people to grow. It doesn't mean they're going to grow, but it allows them to. It allows them to unload their fear. It decreases social distance. It makes people feel more connected to one another. And it provides that opportunity to see things from a different, a different light, a different vantage point. I think that's the reason why the Babylon Bee and other outlets that offer the so-called wrong side of humor is that those who oppose the Babylon Bee, those who oppose the points of view that are antithetical to all the messaging we've been hearing about, about fear, 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 big, big, big government, um, they find it threatening. And the Babylon Bee is a threat. I know it's, it's satire, but it is very threatening because if people on the other side see it and start laughing, they might actually start to reevaluate their positions, not be afraid, not be so ideologically um, uh, possessed. Uh, and and that's, that's quite dangerous. So there, there's a reason why the Babylon Bee is under attack. I think it's, it's actually a very rational, although wrong, but very rational response to the Babylon Bee. If the Babylon Bee survives and spreads, uh, that will weaken uh, the position of those who hold antithetical views. To me, that's one reason that, um, that comedy really suffered under the Trump administration um, on the left is because they were seeing it as such a... Um, you know, apocalyptic moment uh, for the country. You know, for the, for for uh, for people on the right, the Trump um, the Trump administration was hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was uh, it, you know amid all the the concerns of you know constitutional this or that, it was like it was funny. You know, it was just there was there was um, it, it, there was so much that was just completely funny on its face um, about the Trump administration and that whole climate. Um, during the time, you know, the left freaking out while Trump was just having a great time, um, you know, and that's why the late night comics shifted to lectures during that time, because they didn't have that sense of humor anymore. You know, it was all doom and gloom. And and when you can't see things with, you know, OK, this is one president. He's going to go away in four to eight years. You know, this isn't the end of the country. When you don't have that perspective, comedy really suffers. Um, and and that, that's why you didn't see, um, you know, late night hosts really being able to tell great jokes uh, during that period. And that's why outlets like the Babylon Bee grew so much during that period, because we had a great sense. Of, you know, we would make fun of Trump all the time, but we we didn't we didn't make fun of him like um, the obvious jokes like, oh, he has orange skin and he's stupid or he's like Hitler, you know. 
Like that's that's not funny. It's not a joke. It's not a you know. It's just this this kind of skewed observation. Um, you know, so we, you really have to roll with his personality to tell a good Trump joke, and um, and, th- and that's one reason that we kind of took off uh, when we did during the 2016 election. Kyle, how many people do you have writing for you that come up with these various satires? Because I I just envision uh, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of people sitting around a conference table, uh, drinking too much, having just a fantastic time coming up with the next great idea. Yeah, so the process is kind of interesting. It's you know we have a group of like seven to eight. Uh, headline writers who just pitch headlines all day, and they do that mostly online. So those people are scattered all over the country. So the headlines that you know and love and think of as the Babylon Bee, that all comes, that all comes from all over the place. I, I write, I write a, a decent number of them myself. I pitch a lot myself. My managing editor Joel is in Ohio, and he writes a lot of them. And and um, he and I kind of curate, and we pick through lots of submissions. You know, we we might we might pitch three or four hundred headlines in a week, and we come up with um, you know the top. 40 or so that actually make it onto the site. Um, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of waste writing, you know, to get to the ones to really hone down to the jokes that you want to publish. Um, we have, we do have like a dozen, I don't know, maybe 12 to 15 people, um, that get together in Southern California in our office here. And we work on both headlines, um, photoshops, uh, book content, video content, all kinds of stuff. So we, we do have kind of a multimedia creative staff here in Southern California that gets together. And that's more of the atmosphere that you're picturing of sitting around and, and goofing off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I have to pinch myself all the time, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, any any job that you have, you can always find the negatives in, or at least me. That's how I am. I can always find the negatives in things, and so it's it's easy to start to get stressed out about this or that, and then I just go, wait a minute. I tell jokes on the internet for a living. Um, <laughs> you know, things are pretty good, so uh, all things considered. <laughs> can you give us a preview of a headline or two that's going to be coming out? Uh, let me let me take a look in the old let me take a look in the old drafts folder here. It's coming out. <laughs> Uh, not a good look. Clarence Thomas currently hearing oral arguments in a Trump one hat. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's coming out today. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, what's your? Do, do you have a favorite that you've come out with over the last uh, several months? Um, over the last year or so, we did the one the uh, celebrities spell out. We're all in this together. Uh, with their yachts, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it had, you know the Photoshop, it got fact checked. Like Snopes did a big old in depth fact check of it because everybody thought it was real, um, <laughs> and that was a fun one because like you know we were talking about the uniting power of comedy, um, and we made fun of Patton Oswalt in that article because um, at the time he had he had posted some tweet about like oh all you poor people just want your Fuddruckers to open. That's why you're opposed to the lockdowns. You know, to, he's like talking to millions of people who have lost their jobs and stuff. <laughs> um, and so we wrote this joke and we, we, in the article, we mentioned Patton Oswalt being on his yacht eating caviar or something. Um, and he actually shared the article um, after we posted it. And he said like, okay, this is pretty good. You know, you, you guys got me, you know. <laughs> And I thought that was a really cool moment just to kind of see that, 
you know, when people don't take themselves so seriously, you really you really do start to respect him and say, oh, you know, <laughs> we went in kind of hard after him, but but you kind of appreciate him a little more after that. Who is Patton Oswalt? I don't know him. <laughs> um, he's he's a stand-up comedian. Uh, he was in Parks and Recreation, uh-huh. uh, some other stuff. Okay. And I'm he has a lot of money. Pe- I, I'm looking to my coworkers. King of Queens? King, oh, he was in King of Queens, apparently. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> gotcha, see that one. Gotcha. What's next for Babylon B? Um, we got a lot of fun stuff we're working on right now. Um, last year, we put out the Babylon B Guide to Wokeness, um, which was a big kind of bestseller for us. Um, I bought three copies, by the way. I gave they, them to my family and friends. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and I'm a subscriber to the B as well. I love your, your everything you put out. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that was a good so publication. We are continuing the Babylon Bee Guide series. So coming out in September, right before midterms, we have the Babylon Bee Guide to Democracy coming out. <laughs> that should be great. And it's fun. We got we go through all the history of American democracy. We go through, you know, the different branches of government. And then we kind of spend the rest of the book talking about elections and how you can win elections, how you can rig elections, um, you know, all, with all the fun stick figure drawings. And, and uh, we're doing a lot more like custom illustrations in this one so we have a full art team that's just working on some incredible <laughs> incredible pieces right now it's going to be a lot of fun i love it i love it well thank you so much for all you do i think you um you're a breath of fresh air and with a little luck you'll get uh, the twitter thing back up and running but i'll tell you even without twitter um i think it has it has created a a storm of activity around the babylon bee uh, with all these people that are now banned, yourself and Charlie Kirk recently got banned from Twitter, and I'm still working on it, but I haven't quite uh, rose to that level. Um, I'm not sure we need Twitter anymore, to be honest with you. And I think as more and more people get banned, more people are getting disillusioned with this so-called free speech uh, media outlet, and um, and and you know let them just continue to preach to the choir at some point as more conservatives are removed from that platform. Yeah, have you seen the Babylon Bee headline that's? Uh Pathetic conservative hasn't even been banned from Twitter yet. That's me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we wrote that about you. No, our um, yeah, I, it it does feel like kind of this flashpoint where we took this stand, and we weren't really trying to take this stand to go like let's start the big culture war thing. You know, we weren't really doing this to like get people to rally around us or anything, um, but. When we did, we just found that people really respected um, our decision to like not delete this tweet and sacrifice a large, you know, one and a half million um, audience of, of Twitter followers. Um, just because, like, and it really is just this in- issue of conscience. Like, we can't delete this tweet because it goes against our religious beliefs. It goes against our fo- our philosophical worldview. Um, and we're, we didn't commit hate speech. We didn't commit hateful conduct, like Twitter's accusing us of. Um, so it w- it's been really cool to see some big names rally around us. You know, I think Jordan Peterson was sharing the headline and and saying, you know, this is ridiculous. And um, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson shared our tweet and then has he is also locked out of his Twitter account right now because he shared our joke um, and he's refusing to delete it. Um, so it's been cool seeing these big names. You know, and then you see what Elon Musk is doing, like announcing like. I, I, you know, I, I might be getting into the social media space, you know, and that was kind of tipped off and prompted by all of this. So 
it's been really cool just seeing like, wow, we're part of this big thing. And, and uh, it, that's been a humbling experience because we don't feel like we're the ones. That, <laughs> we just want to tell jokes on the Internet. Like we're not <laughs> we're not trying to be the, the center uh, on the front lines of the culture war or anything. But here we are uh, just by taking that small that small stand, I guess. Kyle, have you been threatened personally? Um, no, no, not not personally. Um you know, once in a while you get a weird email or something and you're like, uh, that's a little concerning. Or, you know, you'll get phone calls and, and people that you're like, uh, how'd you get this number? <laughs> like that, that's kind of a, that's happened. But no, we've never, I've, I've never had like Antifa outside my house or anything like, um, uh, like you might expect living in Southern California. But, um, no, we've never, <laughs> we've never had anything. We've never had anything like that happen. Um, uh, and again, I, you know, I think, I think there's a misconception um, that, the entire left, you know, all liberals, all you know, or all progressives are so mad at the Babylon Bee and at comedy in general. But I don't really think that's the case. Like, I think there is a very small fringe um, that is very vocal on Twitter um, that controls a lot of the big tech companies and media that makes it that that try to that tries to paint it that way. You know, most of the people I know in my life who are progressives or that I, even um, people that I don't know that I've interacted with online, most of the comments I get are like, I disagree with your guys's politics but you know i really like your guys's sense of humor like that's most people get that and that is the unifying power of comedy and i think i think most people do get that it is mostly this fringe group I, what are the statistics on twitter like what 20 percent of the country even uses twitter and and, and only what five percent of those people post 95 percent of the tweets i probably messed up all those figures but it's something <laughs> it's something in that ballpark <laughs> are other people now tweeting out the Babylon Bee, and is is, is your uh, is your satire still getting through? Um, we we've definitely lost traffic from the Twitter side. Um, we are seeing, like, I am seeing about the same, maybe even more um, people independently sharing our links. You know, but we lose. You know, you do lose a, a significant. Like, we we did have like one and a half million um, followers. You know, um, so I I do think there's people that don't know, don't even know that we're gone, or like. Maybe you're going, hey, what the heck happened to the Babylon Bee? And I just haven't happened to stumble across um, news stories about about the suspension. Um, you know, so we, we would post a, a, a story on Twitter and we might get 5,000 retweets on it or seven or 8,000 retweets and we're not getting those. So you, you do see people sharing Babylon Bee links and stuff still, but it's just it just doesn't have that exact um, number of, uh, that amount of engagement and reach that we used to be able to get on there. But we are seeing people... Um, kind of rally around us and try to share our stuff when they can. So we've been really appreciative uh, appreciative of that support. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, when we get off this podcast, I'm going to share a few of your um, <laughs> posts on Twitter. I'm going to work harder. I promise you, Kyle, I'm going to work harder uh, to not be that pathetic conservative. <laughs> <laughs> I expect nothing less. I want you to get banned. All right. Just like I did, yeah. <laughs> Ex exactly. Um, so besides the Babylon Bee, what do you what do you like to do for fun? Um, I, uh, I I've got three boys, and so they keep me busy uh, for sure. Um, I I uh, I go golfing, but not ball golf. I go disc golf. And got we, it. We we uh, uh, we distinguish ourselves from the ball golfers. So uh, <laughs> we get offended if you call it regular golf because uh, 
what are you saying that we're irregular golf? <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, I do stuff like that, and uh, you know, you know, we live in Southern California. It's just beautiful. I love to just go outside and, and do whatever there. So I'm also a total tabletop game nerd. I'm sitting next to one of my one of my board game shelves right now. Um, so I've got a I, ha- I own like 500 board games. I don't Love know it. if I should admit admit that publicly, but um, but do yeah. people do people recognize you in public? Uh, not typically. Once in a while, yes. And for some reason, we've got you know we've got Disneyland season passes, and for some reason, every single time I go to Disneyland, it's like five or six different people. <laughs> but I, I think that's probably because Southern California, you know, is obviously more liberal, but people that are at Disneyland are like visiting from other states. So I end up seeing a bunch of people who are Babylon Bee fans over there. Got it. But other than that, my daily life, no, I don't, I don't typically get recognized. Are you in, are you in Orange County? No, um, I'm in like, uh, I'm kind of, I'm like about an hour from San Diego. I'm trying not to be too specific. So Antifa doesn't burn my house. Yeah, no, no, I I, I understand. I, I live in Orange County. Mark is up in LA County. And uh, we're trying to convince him to move down to a uh, a bit more of a free county in California. Well, that's kind of what I did. I, I lived closer to L.A. And then in 2020, during the pandemic, I moved because I said, no, I got to get the heck out of here. And I moved from a place where all the restaurants were shut down, everything was shut down to a place where, you know, the sheriff told Newsom to go F himself. And <laughs> <laughs> the gym down the street from me was... Uh, was completely open with no masks. The, uh, you know, the pub next to our house was open with no masks. The, uh, the churches were open with no masks. You know, it was like, it was just like night and day. And, uh, you know, I understand why people are fleeing California. I understand the Exodus thing, but if you do love it here, like just get a little farther from the city and <laughs> you, you, you get, uh, the best of both worlds in a lot of ways. Any thoughts on running for political office? Me? Yeah. Um, no, I'll pass on that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I always wonder how something like that would do if you were just like, "Hey, I'm this guy that tells jokes. You know, vote for me." Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But uh, would you guys vote for me? I don't know. I think I, I'm not sure that that's the narrative. It was I'm the guy who had the courage to stand up against the social media and legacy media, and I'm the guy who got banned from Twitter. And I'm the guy who can make fun of people in a respectful way. Vote for me. Yeah, but I'm having the time of my life. Like, I, why would I go into politics? You'd have to be crazy to. I'd have, yeah, I'd have to hate myself. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's great to have you on. We appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. And we wish you Godspeed to bring in the Babylon Bee to millions and millions of people. And uh, the next time we have you on, I hope to have something in common that we've both been banned from Twitter. (laughs) And uh, we look forward to continuing to follow the great work you do. And thanks for joining us on Informed Dissent. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for everything you guys do as well. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.